For the past couple years, one host has been the main face of Fox News. Welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. Thank you for watching. We appreciate it. In case you Tucker noticed, Carlson. Night after night, Carlson drew millions of viewers to Fox News. Last Friday, he signed off from his show as usual. And we'll be back on Monday. In the meantime, have the best weekend with the ones that you love, and we'll see you then. But something was happening in the background. Last Friday, April 21st, Suzanne Scott, who is the head of Fox News, and Lachlan Murdoch, who leads the parent company, Fox Corp, decided together that Tucker had to go. That's our colleague, Keech Hagee, who spoke to someone familiar with the situation. And then they told him on Monday morning, 10 minutes before sending out a public announcement about his departure. So this was a surprise to him. Big one. On Monday, Fox said they had agreed to, quote, part ways and thanked Carlson for his service. Carlson declined to comment on his departure. This was a huge surprise for everyone, and Keach wanted to know what happened. After talking with more people, she learned what was behind this breakup. In some ways, it's a story about insubordination and about the power struggle within Fox News between talent and management. And the phrase that many, many, many of our sources have used is the inmates are running the asylum. So it's sort of a classic struggle between talent in a media company, but the power that is given to these primetime hosts at Fox News is so enormous that it is kind of on a larger scale than we normally see. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Thursday, April 27th. Coming up on the show, Tucker Carlson's ouster and what it means for Fox News. It can be hard to see the challenges the people we work with are facing. Addressing these invisible struggles can make us and our companies healthier. Join Holly Robinson-Pete on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. How would you describe Tucker Carlson to a person who's never heard of him? So Tucker's classic personality is this bow-tie-wearing, preppy kid, sort of a child of privilege, who is very erudite, very literate. You know, he had a, an early career as a magazine writer for magazines like Esquire, who then had a stint in in cable news and sort of transformed himself into this very unlikely figure as the voice of populist, somewhat nativist, pro-Trump, MAGA America. Carlson began hosting a show, Tucker Carlson Tonight, in late 2016. It aired during primetime, and it quickly became Fox News' most-watched show. 
So he had the premiere perch at Fox News. He was the primetime host in the 8 p.m. hour, which is the most watched hour. He had the best ratings on the network for an evening show. It's still by far the most prestigious post, and he was getting more than 3 million viewers a night, which is just a gigantic number in today's very fractured media ecosystem. And he was the face of the network. And how would you describe his show? So the show is driven by anger at elites. It's elites of all different kinds. So what what he deems to be elites, right? So it can be political elites, coastal elites. He rails against big pharma. Media elites, do we get to be part of it too? (laughs) Definitely. Oh, always, always. There is a sense of constant fighting against people trying to throttle free speech, against cancel culture. It's a lot of culture war stuff. There's just an overarching sense of grievance. Tonight, sometimes you wonder just how filthy and dishonest our news media are. All the dumb people decided one day, like, pronouns are bad. And then we just sort of go along with it. Democrats hate the police because they don't control the police. Very simple. The real instinct here is that banning things other people like and enjoy is the purest expression of power. When you can snatch someone's pleasure away, you feel like God. (laughs) Off the air, Carlson built a strong relationship with Fox owner Rupert Murdoch and his family, especially Murdoch's eldest son, Lachlan. He was friendly with Lachlan Murdoch, who is the head of Fox Corp. And, you know, they shared a love of the outdoors, You know, Lachlan is very famously a rock climber and loves to sail and and be outside and do sporty things. And Tucker is similar. He loves to fish and hunt. And he's been doing his show actually from his home in Maine throughout the whole COVID era into now. So they have a lot in common and they had a good relationship for many years. Rupert Murdoch and his family are large shareholders in Fox News parent Fox Corp and Wall Street Journal parent News Corp. Carlson's relationships with others at Fox weren't as good. He sometimes clashed with his colleagues, including other hosts, like former host Shepard Smith. Back in 2019, the two hosts had a public spat over things that their guests said on the air. A guest on Carlson's show called a guest on Smith's show a, quote, fool. And Smith called out Carlson for not defending that guest, who was a Fox News contributor. Attacking our colleague, who's here to offer legal assessments on our air, in our work home, is repugnant. Carlson doubled down. Repugnant! Not clear if that was you or me, but someone's repugnant. Eventually, Smith left Fox and joined CNBC. He didn't respond to a request for comment. You know, Tucker was not shy about attacking his colleagues, sometimes publicly, sometimes on the air. He was sort of willing to do what Roger Ailes, the former head of Fox News, said was shooting inside the tent. One of his ironclad rules was no shooting inside the tent, right? Meaning you do not attack your own team members. And Tucker wasn't shy about doing that. At times, 
managers at Fox tried to rein in Carlson, but he wasn't having it. For years, there had been tension points between Tucker and the management of Fox, sort of in in the basic running of things. I mean, Tucker really doesn't like to be managed all that much. He's sort of gleeful in his roguishness, and he was just really independent. According to people familiar with the matter and court filings, the battles between Carlson and management got so bad that Fox appointed an intermediary to be Carlson's internal advocate. You know, he was sort of sheltered from having to deal with the normal management structure of the company. And how the people felt about his show was kind of a mixed bag. I mean, of course, Fox management was thrilled at his good ratings and at the audience he was able to create. But he was also constantly creating headaches for them. Like what kind of headaches? He would say things, incendiary things, things that critics believed were racist or white nationalist, and it would spark these broad advertiser boycotts to the point that if you turn on his show recently, you really don't see any blue-chip advertisers. You don't see mainstream advertisers. You just see direct response advertisers. So those are the ones that say, please call this 1-800 number and order now as well as a lot of advertising from MyPillow, which is, of course, run by Mike Lindell, who was one of the main purveyors of this whole narrative that the election was stolen from Donald Trump in 2020. What this meant for Fox, according to people familiar with the network's operations, was Carlson's show wasn't bringing in as much advertising money as they expected for a show of its size. But for years... Fox tolerated all of that. The advertising boycotts, the clashes with colleagues. But things changed when Fox's internal communications started becoming public. That's after the break. This episode is brought to you by Mercury. There's an art to making the complex feel simple. Everything should be in sync so that even the smallest part serves a bigger purpose. Simplicity can transform your business operations. That's why Mercury powers your financial workflows from the bank account, giving ambitious companies like yours the precision, control, and focus they need to perform at their best. Apply in minutes at mercury.com. This episode is brought to you by Global X ETFs. Buzz around artificial intelligence is seemingly everywhere. Is your portfolio keeping up? Consider the Global X Artificial Intelligence and Technology ETF, ticker AIQ, which invests in dozens of stocks at the leading edge of this disruption. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. Technology companies can be affected by rapid product obsolescence and intense industry competition. Before investing carefully, consider the fund's objectives, risks, charges, expenses, and more in the full or summary prospectus at GlobalXETFs.com. Read carefully. Distributed by SEI Investments Distribution Company. Back in 2021... Dominion voting systems sued Fox News for defamation. Dominion said 
Fox had knowingly aired false claims that its voting machines had rigged the 2020 election. The discovery process of the Dominion lawsuit revealed thousands of pages of internal text messages and emails of Fox executives, staffers, and talent squabbling at each other, commenting about what's on the air, dissing President Trump, confessing that they really didn't believe this narrative that the election was stolen, even though it was being aired on the shows. It was very embarrassing for the company. And how did Fox's legal team respond to all this internal communication coming to light? Fox's legal team worked very hard to get a great deal of this communication redacted. So if you look at the documents, thousands and thousands of pages pages of documents, whole pages are just black or all black except for like a little bit. And so much of the energy in the weeks leading up to the trial was over this fight of redactions. Because it's not just about the legal case itself, right? They're also fighting in the court of public opinion. What did the discovery show about how Tucker Carlson interacts with his colleagues? So there were several instances in which it showed him attacking colleagues or in in one instance actually trying to get a colleague fired. There was a Fox reporter called Jackie Heinrich She was on the news side of Fox News and attempting to fact-check one of President Trump's claims that the election was stolen. And in his private communication, you know, he's calling for her to be fired because that kind of pushback to the election-stolen narrative, Tucker believed, was alienating the audience. How was that evident to him? Well, it manifested in declining ratings, which makes anyone who works at a cable news network freak out. You live and die by the ratings. And so we see Tucker in these communications revealed through the Dominion suit saying, you know, this is a catastrophe. Did these people, meaning like the people on more the news side of Fox News, realize what they're doing? We've spent years building this brand. They are destroying it. They're idiots. (laughs) What are they doing? So he's sort of disparaging the, the news part of Fox News. Through her reporting, Keach uncovered what one of those redacted messages said. Carlson called a senior Fox News executive the C-word. So what's significant about it uh, is not just that he said it, but that when the Fox lawyers came to him saying, oh, we have some good news. We've managed to get it redacted this time that you called a senior Fox News executive the C-word. He, rather than being happy, was annoyed because his dislike of this Fox executive was deep and enduring, and he wanted the world to know it. Okay, so these recent filings about the past come out, reveal all this stuff. What does that do to the relationship between Fox's management and Tucker Carlson? It made their relationship considerably worse while... You know, it was known that he was a brusque person who would fight and or so-called shoot inside the tent. Now, Fox management had in black and white all these examples of him doing this. And not only that, but there's a whole set of documents that are still redacted. We only got a little bit of information about one piece of them, but there's still a whole pile 
that have things in them that Fox management believed were a risk to the company. And so while all of this is going on, what is happening with his relationship to the Murdochs? They had a good working relationship. He was even dining with Rupert Murdoch as recently as a few weeks ago. He went over to Rupert's home in Bel Air with his then fiance and had dinner. But that relationship changed quickly after Fox agreed to a multi-million dollar settlement with Dominion. So Carlson was scheduled to testify in the trial. And so, you know, an observer can look at this and say, well, they needed to, you know, keep him on board, at least through any trial. But it was basically right after they settled that lawsuit that they decided to part ways with him. Based on your reporting, why did Lachlan and Fox decide to part ways with Carlson? Fox management had mounting reservations about Tucker for some time. And the revelations in the Dominion filings played a significant role in in pushing them toward that action. It was a fear that some, some more of what was in there would come out and continue to be embarrassing, as well as a feeling that he had just gotten sort of too big for his britches, as some folks were saying, that he believed he was bigger than the brand, and that he had become impossible to manage. All of those things together contributed to the decision to get rid of him. What does this say about the direction that the Murdochs want to take Fox's coverage? Well, it's possible that this does represent a kind of political reset. They have not been shy about saying that they would prefer that Trump not be the nominee. You can sort of see it in the coverage of the other media assets they own. In the Dominion filings, Rupert Murdoch actually says, we want to make Trump a non-person. You know, Rupert Murdoch is close to Mitch McConnell in this very classic, old-school form of republicanism that was pro-business, pro-free trade. And Tucker represented this newer populism that Trump was part of that is skeptical of globalism, skeptical of corporations, skeptical of big tech. These are two very different visions of the world. Last night, Carlson put out a two-minute video on Twitter. He criticized the political parties, their donors, and the media. And he ended his video with this. Where can you still find Americans saying true things? There aren't many places left, but there are some, and that's enough. As long as you can hear the words, there is hope. See you soon. What's most interesting to me about this story is Tucker's glee at his provocative nature. And that even when Fox was in the very hottest water as it was heading toward this trial with Dominion voting systems, there's a certain fearlessness and troublemaker quality to him that is um, very on brand and you see it on the air and it goes right through to his behavior behind the scenes. That 
that's all for today, Thursday, April 27th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Additional reporting in this episode by Joe Flint and Isabella Simonetti. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.